morning, I'm Doug Doby. Welcome to Subject ACT on Tuesday the 26th of April. Today on Subject ACT, we talk with Canberra's Mother's Day Classic co-chair, Sue Field, about the upcoming Mother's Day Classic, Australia's largest breast cancer research fundraiser in Canberra on the 8th of May. Later in the program, we talk with two-time breast cancer survivor, photographer Trish Grice, about her recovery and what it's like to celebrate five years cancer-free, only to find another lump. Stay tuned for more on 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. The Mother's Day Classic is Australia's largest breast cancer research fundraiser. One in eight Australian women will develop breast cancer. And every day, seven women die from breast cancer in this country. Breast cancer research is vital to improve their survival rates. To talk more about this, we welcome Canberra's Mother's Day Classic co-chair, Sue Field, to our program. Sue, welcome to Subject ACT. The Women in Super Mother's Day Classic is Australia's largest breast cancer research fundraiser. Can you tell me more about it, please? Sure. It's been running in Canberra. This is our 10th year, so we're having some birthday celebrations this year. 10 years in Canberra has been a bit of a milestone. We, we had 2,400 initially in the wrong sort of place, but now we've moved to Ron Terrace, which has just been fantastic. It has just a carnival atmosphere and the most we've had is about 8,000 people turn up for the day. Last year we had a little less, but it was still an, an awesome day. A little bit windy last year, but hopefully we'll get some good weather this year. Some of the statistics in relation to breast cancer is that one in eight women will develop breast cancer in their lifetime. And in Australia, an average of seven women will die each day from breast cancer. Since the Women in Super Initiative in 1978, survival rates have actually increased. That's right. And, mm. and we've also raised up to 27.4 million. Last year alone, we raised 3.1 million just for breast cancer research, which all goes to the National Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And this year, what is your target? This year, we're targeting 4 million. So what we're trying to achieve there is to get everybody that enters just to fundraise 50 more dollars, like $50 per person, then we should be able to reach our target. That's the aim. Now, with the breast cancer research, do you know some of the projects they're investing Yeah, we usually get a researcher come and speak to us at our events. We recently had one at our cocktail party, our 10th anniversary cocktail party. And they they do different sort of researches into the specifics of which sort of type of uh, breast cancer you you might have. So they they have different categories. So they target a specific category and they they just go right into depth and come out with uh, amazing results. I noticed some of the research in New South Wales with Professor Jeanette Vardy, Understanding Life After Breast Cancer. In Victoria, Dr Bridget Lynch, Examining Links Between Exercise and Breast Cancer Risk. And even in Canberra, we have a Dr Annette Blackburn, Targeting Aspects of Metabolism for Cancer Therapy and Chemo Prevention of Breast Cancer. So there is quite a range of of breast cancer research. There is so much and it's amazing. I I can't even begin to tell you where where it starts and where it ends. And the bonus from the Mother's Day Classic, it's actually the largest donor to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. That's right, yep. We're very proud of that. And we're, we're hoping to get the survival rate down. It now stands at, at 89% of those diagnosed are survivals. The Mother's Day Classic CEO, Sharon Morris, says the event is no average fun run. This is the quote. It's a powerful day for families to support breast cancer survivors and those who have lost loved ones to the disease. Tell us more about the atmosphere on the day. What is it like? 
Oh, the atmosphere, it, it's truly amazing. It's like a, it's like a get-together, a sisterhood, but, but we love the, the men being involved as well because it's just such a family affair. And, you know, the kids come down and mum and dads come down. It's just all get-together and, and just realise what we're fighting for. Mm. So we're fighting to get rid of this disease. If we're, we're, tr- we're fighting to try and get a, a cure for breast cancer. The atmosphere itself is it, sometimes you can have some people that you know really feel feel the sadness, but then there's a lot of people that that just go, you know what, we're here to celebrate. We're still alive. Let's beat this disease. So there's an element of camaraderie, support for those who have lost a loved one. Definitely. Yeah, as well as there's a sense of a celebration to go out and do something to uh, yeah. improve research. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And what type of numbers do we look at running in Canberra? Uh, hopefully this year we're looking, we're targeting 6,000 for the day. So if we can get 6,000 people, that includes a five kilometre walk. We have a five kilometre run and we also have a 10 kilometre run. Uh, the runs are getting pretty competitive and they are pretty exciting these days because we tend to have uh, a few celebrities in there sometimes. Okay. Yeah, we had Martin Dent who used to win it in the first few years every year. It was quite funny, but, uh, I think he's gone elsewhere now, but it's always interesting to see who gets in there. And we have a big supporters by the Indigenous Marathon Project, and they come along and support our events. Yeah. We have a lot of supporters like that. And this year we've also got Pure Will and Functional Running who have been helping us with our pre-event program. And that's like an eight-week program that's been running before the event, just to help people work out how to run and just to get an exercise program to give them support for the event. So Pure Will, is that the the group that... Yeah. Yeah, wow. And they're a local... Yeah, a local Queanbeyan firm, yeah. Just a little organisation, but they pack a punch, I can tell you. So so this is their first year, is it, supporting people for the run? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. So there's a whole Mm. lot of other groups of people getting involved to support this. Yeah, so our sponsors are pretty wide. We have a lot of super funds, obviously being women in super and myself being in the superannuation industry. Mm. We tend to keep that pretty prominent. So we have a lot of super funds supporting us, our local super funds of MTAA Super, Ab Super and Commonwealth Superannuation Corporation. So they're our main super funds. And then we have a lot of other super funds that help around the country as well. So Care Super, Hester, Australian Super. And I understand that was part of the history, isn't it, of the Mother's Day Classic? That's right. Mm, And with Women in Super, there's a twofold purpose. Yeah, so Mavis Robertson was the founder, along with Louise Davidson, and they founded it down in Melbourne. It's about 17 years ago now, and they just thought it was something to do on Mother's Day and just have a little walk, and it just grew from there. So down in Melbourne, they can get up to 37,000. Really? So that's been their biggest year, yeah. Yeah, it's huge down there. It is. And look, I think with Mother's Day coming up on the 8th of May, that's not Mm. long away. Um, No. Where are you going to hold Canberra Mother's Day Classic this year? Uh, we hold it at Ron Terrace at Lake Billy Griffin. We like people to get there around 7.30 for the 10-kilometre run. And the 5-kilometre run starts at 9.30 with the walkers at about 9.40. We, we try and do wave start so that it's not so congested because we do have a lot of people there. We don't, we don't want people pushing and shoving. That's just not our style. 
Um, we prefer to have a safe environment. It's all friendly. It's, it's all in aid of breast cancer research. Some people that are going there competitively to win the race. So That's right, yeah. So I'm sure they've been training hard for that side of the event. What about the other side? of the, For those who are just going there for a bit of fun, how, how fit do they need to be? Um, just as long as you can walk five kilometres, that's, that's all that matters, and just bring your family along and have a great day. And whatever money you spend on the day goes to cancer research. We don't hold anything back at all. It all goes to research. And, and that's why we're one of the largest fundraisers for the event, for, for research. So if anyone wants to join the Mother's Day Classic, can they still register or is it too late? No, no, they can still register online. So registrations are open right up until Saturday. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, I think they are. And we still, we're still taking registrations on the day as well. So you can come along and pay on the day and still join in. So you can still join in for, for any of the events. And we're also looking for volunteers. So anytime if you wanted to volunteer for the event, we have up to 140 volunteers who help us out every year. And, and I can't thank them enough for the work that they do, just giving up their time on Mother's Day to help out. And if someone would like to volunteer, what are some of the things that they might be doing? Some of the things that they do is marshalling, helping out with the drink stations or helping out in the cloakroom, sometimes just giving out spot prizes. Yeah. And so if they would like to volunteer, what would you recommend they do? It's all on our website. So when you click onto our website, au, on there you can see where it says, what would you like to do? Would you like to volunteer? Would you like to run, participate? Or even if you can't be there on the day, there is also a button that you can press to say, I can't be there, but I want to donate or I want to support. Is this the first year that you've been involved with it or how, how many years have you been oh, involved no, with it? I've, I've been involved for the last 10 years, so being the 10th year anniversary, it's pretty special to me as well. Yep. So I've started off when Canberra started 10 years ago and I've always been involved with the volunteer side of things and just this year... Kate would actually step down and she offered me the role of chair, but uh, too much for me to take on by myself. So I'm co-chair along with Nat Rayner. In regards to the Mother's Day Classic, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Just love everybody to come along and support us and wear pink to raise money for breast cancer. It's all about the awareness and the support. And and I just want to say thank you to the people that have helped us over the last 10 years as well. Mm. It does sound like a fun day. Yeah, it is. It's going to be about 6,000 runners. And how many volunteers did you say? Um, About 140. What time would you encourage them to all get there for? If they're just walking, probably 8.30. But if they're doing the 10K, then they have to get there about 7.30. Get up nice and early on Mother's Day. 8.30 so you can can get some of the atmosphere and you get the aerobic warm-up. Oh, really? So you do it? Yeah, we have an aerobic warm-up and a a one-minute silence forehand as well. I heard about that. So there's that group experience where there is a moment silence to yes mm-hmm. to remember all those who have passed away from breast cancer is there a, like a section where people can reflect and make yeah yeah we also have a tribute wall mm-hmm. so the tribute wall is where you can write i'm doing this for and you it's like a little remembrance thing yeah you, you would just pin up your tribute oh lovely yeah oh. some of the drawings and some of them that we've got over the years they're just heartbreaking beautiful at the same time you know that's the great thing about it is for many years breast cancer wasn't talked about but now there is a strong awareness for it. It's quite a, a well-spoken about topic. It is. Mm. Back to that point, though, I think people have become a little bit complacent about it because they sort of think, oh, yeah, breast cancer, that's okay. everybody, But that's sorted now because it's well-funded. But mm-hmm. 
there's still that complacency there as if to say it's okay, but it's not. We're still fighting the disease. We've still got seven people dying a day. So you're finding there's that complacency like over what time? Yeah. Yeah, really. What do you think we need to do to sort of shake that up a bit? I think that people need to be aware that there is that complacency out there and we're still fighting this disease and there's still seven people dying every day in Australia from this disease. So It's still worth it. fighting for. It is. For, and to find answers to solve it. Even though we've made some progress, we need to keep going. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Sue, thank you for joining us on Subject ACT. Thank you very much. All the best. All right. Thanks, Doug. That was Canberra's Mother's Day Classic co-chair, Sue Field, talking about the upcoming Mother's Day Classic, Australia's largest breast cancer research fundraiser in Canberra on the 8th of May. It's not too late to register or volunteer for the Mother's Day Classic. For more information, go to mothersdayclassic.com.au. Thank you for listening to Subject ACT. I'm Doug Dobing. Stay tuned on 2XXFM 98.3 as we talk with two-time breast cancer survivor, photographer Trish Grice, about her recovery and what it's like to celebrate five years cancer-free, only to find another lump. Breast cancer research is vital to improve the survival rates of women diagnosed with breast cancer. Every day, seven women die from breast cancer in this country, with one in eight Australian women developing breast cancer during their life. We welcome two times breast cancer survivor, photographer Trish Grice, to Subject ACT to talk about her recovery, breast cancer research and the Mother's Day Classic. Trish, welcome to Subject ACT. I couldn't resist checking out some of your pet photographs at portography.com.au. Well, Beautiful work you've thank got. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I love dogs. I love cats. I love animals. I love mm. all sorts of things. I love working with dogs. We do Santa photos with dogs at Christmas time and cats and a snake and Santa's had rats <laughs> coming out of his beard. Um, but yes, love photography. Wow. I've even noticed here you've photographed dog shows, the Million Paws Walk, mm-hmm. and even pets at Weddings. Yes. We also do dogs that are near the end of their life. And that's a bittersweet thing because you know that, you know, the owners know that they haven't got much time left with their dog. So we go out somewhere and, and the old boy or girl has fun with the family. And that's really, really sweet to do. And it's sweet to see the owner's reaction when, you know, they get a, a book at the end with everything in it. And they've got a, a beautiful memory at the end of that, of their dog usually, mm. before it's put to sleep. So it's almost like, in a way, celebrating the life yes. of their pet yes and there are a lot of similarities aren't there between that moment with pets where we lose and grieve over Mm. our pet and the same with with us as humans when Mm. we have a loss of life yes now at the age of 53 Mm -hmm. you were first diagnosed with two different sorts of breast cancer yes now what type of cancer were they there's four commonly known types of breast cancer and one is um, called invasive ductal cancer there's an invasive lobular cancer there's an inflammatory breast cancer and there's another one and because i'm doing chemo at the moment i have chemo brain i can't remember what it is but there's a there's another one um the most common is it the ductal cancer the second most common is the lobular cancer so i actually had both i had ductal cancer and lobular cancer i didn't know about the lobular cancer but i felt the lump from the ductal cancer and found it under the shower and thought oh my god what is this i'd been going to act breast screen regularly every two years i think had had a scare eight years previously 
where I didn't feel anything but got the call back because they'd found calcifications. They didn't really think it was anything, but I kept going on from one room to the next and it was getting worse and worse until they put me into a room and said, we need to do some biopsies on this. And I really started freaking out. My stepmother actually died of breast cancer and she died probably five or six years before this, which is why I promised her I would go and have mammograms regularly. Not that we're biologically connected. Mm. Uh, She was only four years older than me. Now that turned out to be nothing. So I kept up with my screening and when I found this lump, I was due for my... I actually had my breast screen appointment booked. But when I went in, they said, no, if you've got a lump, you're really better off going to a diagnostic ultrasound and mammogram, which I did the next week. My doctor didn't think it was anything. I wasn't sure, but it turned out to be a very, very aggressive. It was... There's different receptors that cancer has. And this one was what they call triple positive, which is very, very aggressive, grows very quickly. The lobular cancer is a very slow growing cancer it had probably been there for years and it's very difficult to detect so I was lucky they picked it up but that also meant I had to have a mastectomy I really didn't have the choice of having a lumpectomy because it was in two different parts of my breast I wouldn't have had very much left and to me losing a breast was not a biggie it's it's there my Mm. husband wasn't worried about it he told me it was me that he loved not my breast so it wasn't a huge problem for us so I had the mastectomy and we found out the ductal cancer was very aggressive and triple positive which meant I had to have chemo I really didn't have it I mean I had a choice but for me to survive I had to have chemo plus a drug that was relatively new it had gone to clinical trials and it was available only within the last sort of eight years or so but it was only within the last two years or so that it was actually put onto the PBS and I had to have this drug if it had been before it went on the PBS it would have been $80,000 worth so we would have had to have sold the house or access super I don't know done something but we were lucky it had gone on to the PBS so I had that drug called Herceptin for 12 months and that's been a game changer that's what research does it finds these sorts of things so in effect it was being aware and being proactive to check your breasts as what's been educated Mm -hmm. but that initial shock and then taking the next step to see a specialist yes then a whole lot of decisions to talk about with your loved ones and then that in your case a mastectomy Mm -hmm. and ongoing treatment afterwards Mm. were some of the challenges through that time when you're first diagnosed with cancer i mean everybody's different but a lot of people say it's like you go into well you go into shock and i didn't feel like it was me It felt like it was happening to somebody else not me. I was also in the situation where my breast surgeon that I particularly wanted was going overseas to breast surgery conferences in the States. So I actually waited four weeks between diagnosis and surgery. I mean, breast cancer is not going to kill you tomorrow. You have time to think about it once you have a diagnosis and and get everything in order. So during that time, I worked. I have no idea what my output was like at work. They were understanding. They were great. And it really felt like it was happening to somebody else. Every now and then it became real. It's like, oh my God, I've got cancer. But I didn't know very much about it then either. So it was more like, okay, it's a breast. It can come off. I'm not going to miss it. It's not in my liver because you have a lot of scans done. It's not in my liver. It's not in my brain. That would be pretty drastic. I'm lucky. It's just my breast. I can live without a breast a lot easier than I live without an arm or a leg or an eye even. But for some people, losing a breast is quite a a hard decision, isn't it? It can be, yes. Mm. Some some women see their breasts as their femininity. It's part of their sexuality. Mm. And yes, it can be, but I don't miss that I didn't have reconstruction. I never even thought of having reconstruction. I don't do well with surgery. (laughs) So I like to minimise surgery wherever I can. Yeah. And you had a supportive family? I had, yes. My husband's been my rock. And a lot of support in the community? Yes, there is a lot of support in the community. And I have, you know, my best friend who's really my sister. We grew up together. We've been best friends for over 45 years. And she's been there every step of the way as well. Plus, you know, I've got a lot of friends. 
they've been great. For someone first discovering that they have a lump or breast cancer, what would you suggest to them? Research, but research in the right places. Dr. Google is really, really dangerous. <laughs> the National Breast Cancer Foundation, so they're involved with a lot of the research, yes. yes. So there's um, a lot of good information there is. on and, their sites. And yes, yes, there is. And you can get a, a great kit from them. It involves information about breast cancer. There's a great diary in there. It also helps you with you know getting in, your appointments down and things like that, although I use my smartphone. Mm. <laughs> That's easier. <laughs> but this, the kit that you get from them is really, is really worthwhile helpful. getting. Mm. There's a lot of information also on, on how work colleagues can t- treat their colleagues when they've been diagnosed because there's just so much you go through. But you really have to be careful what you research on the web because you'll find out from Dr Google, you'll find out they're going to be dead tomorrow. Yeah, and there's a lot of scare. And exactly. That. From that period of 12 months, we jumped, say, five years ahead, the age of 58. You're celebrating being cancer-free for five years. Yes. And then what happened? I found another lump, <laughs> which was... I was actually... I was I was under the shower in the morning washing my hair and washing my face and I found a lump not in my breast first off I found a lump in the corner of my jaw just under my earlobe and when you've had cancer the first place your brain goes is this is cancer and it's not good but that must have been quite horrific it was it was horrible so that day I made an appointment I mean having been through this whole thing once already I knew what I had to do so I made an appointment to see my doctor I also made an appointment to see my radiologist because I have a a radiologist that I go to yearly for my mammograms and ultrasound on the remaining breast Mm. so I'd made an appointment for him for the day after but I had to go to my doctor to get a referral so I saw her and before I saw her that night I was under the shower again before I went to bed and I thought hmm wonder if there were any more lumps and Mm. that's when I started feeling down lower from my neck and found this lump in my breast Mm. that was that was horrible that was the worst thing I was on my knees almost vomiting in the shower because I knew what it was just the sickening thought of knowing what you've got to go through again yeah and I I just knew in my gut that Mm. this is not good because there'd been nothing there I'd had an MRI in March that year that was completely clear so there was nothing in my breast in March I'd seen my oncologist only a month before and he'd actually felt my breast and didn't feel and this is the thing about breast cancer you can have lumps that are really down low that are mm. inside your breast that you don't feel very easily mm. and then all of a sudden they pop out which is what happened with the first one I was under the shower I was washing under my arm and thought oh what's that lump so it's good to be aware of the yep. different types of lumps yeah November 2015 mm. you had your second operation yeah and that commenced chemo Chemotherapy yep. to stop the spread of cancer cells. Yeah, yep. so the mastectomy gets rid of the primary tumour, and this one was a again a different. It was a ductal cancer, but it was a triple negative, so it completely different. Very different. Completely right. new cancer. It wasn't a recurrence. It hadn't metastasized. So it wasn't a spread from the no, first one. It was a no, new. No, it was a completely a new mm. primary cancer. So the mastectomy gets rid of the primary tumour. I was lucky there were no nodes involved. My breast surgeon didn't tell me, but I mean, when I woke up, he said, "Yes, we took two nodes, which is what we were going." to take they were okay when I saw him the following week and the pathology results had come through he said I actually took more because they look pretty suspicious to me mm. but luckily they weren't so wow. I was very lucky so as lucky as you can be with getting a second diagnosis of breast cancer I've been lucky that even though it's triple negative which has one of the poorer prognosis of the breast cancers it was you know it had grown from nothing in March to two and a half centimeters with its own blood supply in mm. that time I'd caught it at a stage before it had spread into any of my nodes but we weren't sure whether it had 
carried through my bloodstream. So the chemo is to mop up any stray cancer cells that are floating around my body. So the mastectomy is to remove the, the major source yep. and the chemo is to reduce the spread. Yeah. I've heard you say before that most people think when you have been diagnosed with breast cancer, you have an operation and maybe start chemo and you'll be okay. But that's not the no. case with everybody. No, Why is that? Not. Well, first of all, the triple positive one that I had five years ago, I'm still on a tablet for that to fight it coming back. And I will probably be on that for the rest of my life. They used to put you on it for five years. Research has shown that the longer that you're on it reduces your, your risk of, of recurrence. Mm. And it has its own side effects. It causes arthritis. It causes headaches. It causes all, you know, it's horrible. With this one, once I finish chemo, that's it. There's nothing else they can do because they haven't, they've been researching, but they haven't come up with anything to help it. But 30% of women who are diagnosed with early stage breast cancer go on to die from the disease. Mm. And that mm. hasn't changed. That's why we need more research done. And that's what this is all about. Yes. Mother's Day Classic is exactly. raising funds for, for research. more research. Yes. Yeah. So the more early stage women who get targeted therapies like Herceptin that I had five years ago, you know, the research that developed that drug lessens the chance of them going on to be stage four women who really have no hope. When you're stage mm-hmm. four, you are going to die from this disease. More chemo, more tablets to take, and that's for the rest of your life. It's, but on it's one horrible. side, because you discover a lump, that's not the end of it. No, it's on not. On one side. So it's best to get early action. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. So it doesn't spread yeah. to any of your mm. organs. So you don't become stage four from the, from the so start. There's be- so there's a better chance of survival by acting early. Yes, there yeah. is. How did you get involved with the Mother's Day Classic? Well, Richard, my business partner, he'd done it for one or two years before we started the business. And, of course, it's something that's close to my heart. And I said, yep, we'll keep doing this. So you became involved because your business partner, Richard, yes. photographed the Mother's Day Classic before. Yes, wow. exactly. So now you've transformed your pet photography skills. For the past three years, you've been involved as a volunteer photographer at the Mother's Day Classic. Mm-hmm. What happens on the day? It's just, it's the emotion. I mean, you know, the women getting there and, you know, they, they mm. know that they're doing something to help somebody. A lot of them have got something on their back that they're doing it for a loved one. So many women that are involved in it, at least 90 or 95% of them know somebody who either has breast cancer or has had breast cancer or has died from it. Mm-hmm. And it's just the emotion on their face. I mean, they're challenging themselves as well. The looks on their faces as they get past that finish line, it's like, wow, you know, I mean, five kilometres is a fair way. Yes, um, yes. Especially for the ones that run it. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> There's a capability to run five kilometres and run 10, but also you to can walk, walk it, it as yes. well. But even walking, I can hardly walk for 100 <laughs> metres at the moment. I mean... Well, recovering, yeah, still well, recovering I'm, from I'm still too. doing chemo. I did chemo yesterday, so mm. yes. But Fridays is a good day. You get pumped full of steroids <laughs> when you have chemo, so Friday's <laughs> a great day. Helps you through the weekend. It does. Do you think there's enough being done in regards to research for breast cancer? I don't think there's enough being done, but I think that's because there's probably not enough money to devote to it. And I know there's so many other cancers out there. I mean, there's you know brain cancer and children who get brain cancer. You know, yeah, mm. th- that needs the money as well. But a lot of women that are being struck down by this disease have this triple negative breast cancer which commonly affects women in their 30s and 40s they've got young families I'm just unusual (laughs) (laughs) that I'm older and I've got a younger woman's type of breast cancer that Mm. generally kills but it just shows that cancer doesn't discriminate no it doesn't and Trish you are giving hope to a lot of people to be proactive check their breasts make sure there's lumps there if there's something going on that they discover is unusual to get treatment early because there is hope yes most people, I mean, and I noticed from the statistics that since the Mother's Day Classic has been raising funds for breast cancer research, the survival rate has increased. So this is not a great enough, though. no, not enough. 
So this is a great opportunity for mm. people to invest in breast cancer research, mm-hmm. have a fun day. Mm-hmm. And it is a fun day. I mean, they, they get dressed up in all of these <laughs> amazing costumes. I don't know how they actually walk in some of them. Oh, but really? Wow. Yeah, tutu. I mean, there's lots of tutus and there's lots of colours. I mean, even the guys, get they've got their tutus and their pink wigs and they just they have a lot of fun. So it's get something pink, dress up, have some fun. I've got to say pink's not my favourite colour, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not mine either. No. But, but when you've yeah. had breast cancer, pink for some reason goes, mm. What should people do on the day? Have a good time. Make sure that they're fit enough. Try and prepare a little bit. But, you know, if you're not super fit, the five kilometre walk, you don't have to do it in record time. You just go around and have fun. And if you look at some of the pictures from the previous years, it shows the fun that people have. It also shows the agony some of them are in when they actually cross the finish line. But that's more the runners mm-hmm. because they're out there to, to prove something. And they do. Yeah. They do. There are some competitive people out yes, there. Yes, yeah. there are. But on the other side, there's a lot of people that are wanting to enjoy that yep. day and have a walk. Yep. And, mm. they, and it's the whole family. They bring yeah. the kids, the dogs. And walk around the and lake. Walk around. There's people in wheelchairs. Yeah. And the day will be photographed. Like yes. you will have we've organised. Yes, we've organised some photographers from, uh, from the Canberra Photographic Society, which is where I met Richard. And they've got some great photographers. Hopefully next year we'll be able to, Richard and I'll be able to go back and photograph next year. And what have you learned about this disease? That we need to have a lot more research done into it. Research is the key because there is just so much we don't understand. Trish, is there anything else that you would like to say? I guess everybody who can and everybody who's um, going to be in Canberra for that weekend, yes, please register. It is a really fun day. There's lots of stalls and things. The kids will have a fun time. It's something that is very worthwhile. It's one of those cancers that really has such a devastating effect, not just on the women who get it, but their families, and especially the younger women who have got three- and four-year-olds that they leave behind because Mm -hmm. we haven't researched enough to know how to cure them. A cure for breast cancer would be amazing. Trish, thank you for joining us on Subject ACT. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure pleasure. That was two times breast cancer survivor, photographer Trish Grice, talking about her recovery, breast cancer research and the upcoming Mother's Day Classic on the 8th of May. The Mother's Day Classic is about fundraising for breast cancer research and the more we raise, the faster we can find a cure. It's not too late to register or volunteer for the Mother's Day Classic on the 8th of May. For more information about Mother's Day Classic, go to mothersdayclassic.com.au. Next Tuesday on Subject ACT, I talk with YWCA Chief Executive Officer Francis Crimmins about the launch of the 2016 YWCA election platform. Join us tomorrow morning at 8.30 on Subject ACT with Lucy, Patrick and Jeff for more local current affairs and news. Coming up next on 2XX at 9 o'clock is Radio Landcare. Stay tuned for more on 2XX FM 98.3 People Powered Radio. Thank you for listening. I'm Doug Derbing on Subject ACT. Have a great day.